realize that you know there is money out there. If you've got a fantastic technology, you can get that funded. You absolutely can win with it. But the bar's gotten a little bit higher. So you get to step up your game in pretty much every level. Welcome to MedSider, where you can learn from the brightest founders and CEOs in medical devices and health technology. Join tens of thousands of ambitious doers as we unpack the insights, tactics, and secrets behind the most successful life science startups in the world. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Hey there, it's Scott. In this episode of MedSider, I sat down with NovaScan CEO Craig Davis, who unveils his journey from being a partner at LaSalle Investments to leading the charge in revolutionizing cancer diagnostics. Craig delves into the myriad of challenges that entrepreneurs face, like fostering efficient early stage development, designing clinical trials for rapid data collection, and mastering the art of fundraising in an ever-evolving financial landscape. Here are a few of the key things that we discussed in this conversation. First, early stage development calls for efficiency and creativity. It's possible to go off the beaten track and find quicker paths for product iteration, resulting in the savings of time and money. Second, when it comes to clinical trials, the magic formula is a fusion of rapid data collection, smart setup, and perfect execution. Shaking things up by moving trials to unconventional venues while keeping study integrity intact can speed up the data harvest. Third, the bar in fundraising is high, but entrepreneurs who show resilience, adaptability, a solid exit plan, and a willingness to do what it takes will capture investors' interest. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to let you know that we just released the latest edition of MedSider Mentors Volume 3, which summarizes the key learnings from the most popular MedSider interviews over the last several months with folks like Jim Persley, CEO of Hinge Health, Carol Burns, CEO of Cajun Vascular, and other leaders of some of the hottest startups in the space. Look, it's tough to listen or read every MedSider interview that comes out, even the best ones but there are so many valuable lessons you can glean from the founders and CEOs that join our program. So that's why we decided to create MedSider Mentors. It's the easiest way for you to learn from the world's best medical device and health technology entrepreneurs in one central place. If you're interested in learning more, head over to medsiderradio.com forward slash mentors. Premium members get free access to all past and future volumes. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. In addition to every volume of MedSider Mentors, you'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Nadine Yared, CEO of CVRX, Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, and so many others. Learn more by visiting medsiderradio.com forward slash mentors. All right, Craig, welcome to MedSider Radio. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, looking forward to the discussion. I, I, Craig, I recorded kind of a, a very brief bio on your on your background at the outset of this interview, but let's start there. Uh, tell us a little bit more about kind of what you've been up to, you know, over uh, over your career, kind of in the in the broader healthcare ecosystem, leading up to your your current role as CEO of NovaScan. Yeah, I've been here for six years, and it's been you know learning experience every day. It's been a blast. Previous to NovaScan, I was a couple of things, right? So I was a partner in a venture firm that we did early stage deals. We typically put the first money in. It was a family office in Chicago, but we would put the first money in companies. Um, that was good for me in terms of lots of operating experience because they always had lots of holes, right? So you'd step in as you know interim CEO, interim this, interim that, you sort of learn it. And you know some of them, when I would run them, it would be painful because they would be sort of winding them down. Mm -hmm. um, but it was healthy. It was I, I learned a lot. Um, previous to that, I was an investment banker in the healthcare space, putting together deals in Eurogyne and primarily that. I had also been a management consultant to a bunch of med tech companies. And you know, in between there, I put together a you know, 
one of my large clients was a Minneapolis company called American Medical Systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I partnered with the former number two there, and we had tried to do a roll-up in the Eurogyne space. Um, we raised $350 million from a private equity backer in Chicago. You know, basically, my, my career has been you know, broad, but it's always been a, a med tech element in almost everything I've done. Got it. And I've and been that, here for six years, and I, I love NovaScan. I can't wait to take it to an exit. Yeah, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about NovaScan. And we're recording this kind of in mid, mid-ish 2023. So uh, it looks like you've been at it, you know, you said six years or so? Yeah, around that. Yeah, yeah, dating back to 2015, 16 timeframe, just to kind of put a little bit of a framework around that. So, and Craig, before we go any further, uh, LaSalle Investments, that was the kind of the early stage. uh, That's right. um, Yeah. Okay. Fun that you were investing out of. Okay. Got it. Makes sense. Well, cool. Let's, we'll certainly get into this in more detail, but tell us a little bit about, you know, NovaScan, like what you're building and really how the kind of the idea for the technology came came about. And let's not go too deep if it can be more of an elevator pitch, because we'll you know, we'll, we'll go back in time and kind of maybe learn a little bit more about our experiences, but give, give us a sense for kind of for what, what you've been building over the past, you know, six plus years. Right. So we have an oncology diagnostics platform that works in vivo and ex vivo. And, you know, we don't require a big tower. We don't require something visual or anything like that. It works electrically. So we look at the impedance and we calculate a parameter called the cold frequency. And we found empirically and theoretically that it increases a thousand X as cancer develops and advances. And so literally what we can do is we can place tissue on it in the body or outside the body. We can scan it in a few seconds and we can tell you if cancer is present. Mm-hmm. And then we can also inform if that cancer is likely to be very aggressive or not. We see it as a platform technology that can take place in all types of tissue, but our data set is in skin, breast, lung, pancreatic, and esophageal. In terms of the, like the device itself, is this relatively small? Is it, is it, like, is it handheld? Uh, this kind of this the scanning technology? It absolutely can be. I mean, our, our GI device, for example, is, you know, it's smaller than a shoebox. Okay. It's probably bigger than a cell phone. Um, and you place the tissue on it and we scan it and we'll inform it in, you know, a few seconds if there's cancer present or not. And our goal for that is to do that in such a way that it doesn't violate workflow, that, you know, the clinician is going to, he'll take a sample, we'll put it on it. And before he can take the next sample, we'll tell you if there's cancer there or not. Okay, got it, got it. So in theory, if a physician's doing a biopsy, right, where they normally mm-hmm. they normally you know uh, pull you know tissue um, with some sort of you know probe, have to send it to a lab, et cetera. In theory, right on the spot, they could uh, extract tissue, put it on the the NovaScan sort of or scan it with with NovaScan, uh, and then right right then and there, they could have a, have a sense for you know whether exactly. or not. is this kind of how they okay. exactly, right. So in, and we see our benefits in a few different ways, right? So in thoracic or in a lot of GI because it's so if you have a last, last inch problem, you can look at it under CT and sort of get to where the lesion is, but it is difficult to know if you've captured a pathologically relevant amount of cancer in that sample biopsy you've just taken. And you won't know that till after the fact, and you might, the clinician might be confident that the patient has cancer, but if you can't assess it pathologically, they can't treat the patient. It's really a problem in like robotic bronchoscopy, for example, um, and, you know, pancreatic and biliary procedures in different way in prostate, you know, it's sort of the same thing. You can get there, but getting real-time information on the presence of cancer in a way that's pathologically relevant is a big deal. And, you know, there are some places they'll have a rose process in place where they can do rapid onsite evaluation right next to it, but that's often not present. And even when it is present, it's expensive, right? Because you have to have a, you know, pathologist or a pathology tech sitting there waiting. Well, this is something that is faster. 
you don't require someone, it can be done in five seconds. Got it. Got it. And that, that underlining sort of mechanism where you're ma- measuring impedance, did that sort of idea, was that originated, you know, by a physician, by a PhD? Like where did this kind of this idea come from? Yeah. So in, impedance has been around for a while. And the innovation here is taking the cold frequency, which is derived from impedance. And that came from the professor at the University of Wisconsin. Um, who was at the Dean of Engineering School at UWM. This has been sort of his life's work. And he realized that. And, you know, he'd been running it sort of as a, as a lab project type company for a long time. And I so took it out and it turned into a real company. We have a okay. real team. We have got real it. hackers. <laughs> got it. Got it. And was this one of the uh, the investments that you made at LaSalle then? Um, I, did, I did this right after I left LaSalle. Okay. Okay, cool. Got it. Makes sense. Give us a kind of a, an overview of where the company's at in terms of development, you know, ClinReg, commercialization, et cetera. Right. So we are a clinical stage company, right? So we don't have any revenues. We're not, we have much leading forward. Our, you know, we've, we're active in a few different areas. We're active in skin, where in that case, that's our most complicated product. We have something there where you would scan tissue, you place on it, and we will scan across that. And we will tell you if there's cancer in the margin, we'll tell you where it is. And that one, we were partnering with a company in Japan called PHC, was formerly called Panasonic Healthcare. It's a $3 billion Japanese conglomerate focused on healthcare. And uh, they are our manufacturing partner and the division of them will likely be our you know, commercial partner. For lung and GI, we are clinical stage. We are active in the clinic in the Texas Medical Center. We're about to be active in the University of Chicago, one in GI and one in thoracic. And so we are capturing a data set there. Our data today is, you know, sensitivity and specificity around 90. And, you know, we were, we were building that, we're meeting with all the strategics and we'd like to take that to clearance ourselves and then see if we can partner. Got it. Got it. And these, um, the, the regulatory pathways for these various these kind of applications? These class two de novos. Okay. It's Got ex vivo it. and we're adjunctive, but I don't have confirmation from the FDA across all of it. Got it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Fairly complicated once you start, uh, you know, getting into to, to various uh, various applications beyond GI, thoracic, skin, et cetera. So, uh, and then if you're listening and don't make it to the the full uh, summary article on MedSider, definitely check out novascaninc.com. That's the website for uh, uh, for Craig's company, Nova, N-O-V-A, scan, S-C-A-N, Inc, I-N-C.com. That's the website. If you want to go check check that out and learn a little, learn a little bit more about the technology and, and the company that uh, Craig and his team are building. So uh, with that said, Craig, you've uh, let, let's kind of, you know, step inside the MedSider time machine a little bit more about like your career, what you've learned along the way, uh, key insights, um, you know, building uh, NovaScan over the past, you know, six plus years now. We'll spend about, you know, maybe maybe 20 minutes or so, you know, talking about some of these cross-functional topics. But the first one being early stage, uh, you know, alpha and beta development. You know, this is this can be, you know, incredibly challenging, especially when you're trying to really uh, be capital efficient, right? There's not a lot of dollars to be had, especially right. especially in the early stages. You know that all too well with uh, with your time at, at LaSalle. You know, you've got to do a lot with a very small amount of money. So, you know, when you think about your, how you've coached up other entrepreneurs, right? To be able to kind of iterate quickly through this early stage development work. You know, are there, are there a few things that kind of often have come up or things that you've really, uh, you know, try to emphasize uh, over the, you know, yeah, your, I mean, your what comes to mind most recently, which I think is probably most poignant and relevant for your audience is, you know, as you go through cycles and you start to, you develop a product, you're actually going to get data with it. You're super excited and you go to IRB approval and it can take a year. Right. And, you know, you're burning money that entire time. That's very, very expensive. So I think one of the important things that we do is we try to look at the outset. You know, what's the IRB path likely going to be at this institution? Are there other institutions that would be more efficient, more effective? 
we've done a lot of work using outside IRBs, you know, with ASCs and such. Whereas I can take something you can take at a leading medical center can take 12 months and we can do it in three weeks. Hmm. Right? And then, you know, getting the data is really important for us because you've got to iterate based on it, right? You, I wish I was so smart to figure everything out the first time, but I'm not. And I respectfully suggest that most of your audience isn't. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to think or you have to make changes, right? And yep. it, being able to have that process fast, efficient is just a really, really big deal. Right. I think that's a, that's a really important point when you're thinking about, you know, what is the what is the, the clinical sort of data collection uh, process look like? And, you know, is this a technology that, that you could use, right, in an ASE, in an office-based lab, you know, somewhere outside right. a hospital, right? So you can avoid those really lengthy uh, IRB uh, approval processes. Yeah, um, we have that in a couple of different areas, right? So our dermatology products are all office-based, right? Mm-hmm. So we've used outside IRBs for every single site that we have. In GI... We are getting data in an ASC that is unusual because they also do pancreatic data within that ASC. But we found that and we have a relationship and we built that, you know, and that's part of the beauty of doing it, right? Looking right. someplace we can get that quickly. And again, if you're listening to this, you may not be working on a device or in a therapeutic uh, arena that, that lends itself to this. But I think that the, the important message here is, is don't be afraid to be creative here. You know, you know, it reminds me of... um the leaf therapeutic it's l-i-e-f and, and his it's rohan his last name is, is escaping me but i interviewed him on, on the show maybe 18 months ago two years ago something like that and they intentionally commercialized their their device uh for consumer audience up front right you know avoided making any you know bold claims etc with the intent just to collect clinical data right it wasn't they didn't really want to earn revenue but it was it was a, sort of a fast track for them to, to to be able to you know uh glean insights from actual users and so, um, you know, that that's just one example of many, right, where you could uh, sort of fast track that process to to begin to to collect more more valuable information as you're thinking about uh, developing in those those early early Absolutely. stages. Very creative. Right, right. Anything else to add before we kind of jump to the next topic? And that's probably the biggest point that strikes me right now, right? Um, okay. I mean, be able to be responsive and build quick prototypes. Mm-hmm. We are in a, an incubator in Chicago that's probably unique in that we have a thousands of feet worth of machine shop adjacent mm-hmm. to it. And so we have a wet lab, we have lots of CNC, we have lots of lots of machining ability, lots of rapid prototyping, lots of all that. And we, you know, I think our canary product, which is our, you know, for instant um, detection of ex vivo GI and thoracic hinge, we build it together in our lab in, you know, several weeks. If I just send that out, it would take me six months. Right, right. Yeah. Even if you could get someone to even focus or, yes. <laughs> or prioritize it, right? So expensive, right? Something. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's one of the, the advantages of, of working, you know, with the right sort of incubator accelerators, if they have got that, those type of capabilities, that's usually a uh, really, really nice advantage for sure. Let's talk a little bit about your GI trial. I think um, you commenced it earlier this year. I don't recall right. the, exact, the, the exact month. So that's a, a big kind of hurdle across. So congrats on that. When you were kind of in in the kind of in in the phase of of building out that strategy, right, for your GI clinical work, and maybe you don't have to speak specifically to that uh, if you don't want to, but really when you think about kind of that that clin reg process, what are you know some of the key key things or key key tips that that you think other you know med tech early stage entrepreneurs would uh, you know need really need to understand when it when it comes to this topic? I think it goes back to the first point, right? You know, how how can we get data quickly? I think that also informs on if you have a platform like we do. That informs on not only just where you're doing it, but also what particular disease conditions you're trying to treat, right? So we have a focus on pancreatic cancer. We are highly confident. We have a little bit of data that's work on biliary. 
But to get to a sufficient data set that's compelling would take me a long time, right? So I'm not going to leave it that I can't. There aren't enough cases. And I can't go. I would need six sites. It's going to take me a year through the IB to die. I want to go faster than that, right? So that definitely points it. Um, you know, fast, rapid cycle time. You know, clock is it a burn? I mean, what else can I tell you? Right. In in terms of that GI trial, are you running it then in the in the ASC then, in order to to kind of maximize for or optimize for speed? We are. So we yeah. are we're present when the when it comes in. So it's in the Texas Medical Center, right? So we have a person that flies down every week for a few days. Um, we'll do cases and they'll fly back, right? And then the data will come to us. And then we will, you know, our, our stuff is pretty simple, right? We don't impact the tissue in any way. So we evaluate whether it works or not based on concordance with pathology. So we'll make our assessment. We'll have the results of the answers. And then we look to pathology when that comes back and we look for concordance. Got it. And will you use this data for your actual reg submission? Or is this just simply to collect data in order to inform sort of continued iteration on the on the technology? We use it in discussions with the FDA, but it's not pivotal trial data. Right? Okay. So um, it's, I mean, our stuff works. We, need, we have an algorithm mm-hmm. and we need a data set to fully satisfy that algorithm to refine it. We're capturing that to do that. And then we'll take our that one for the pivotal trial. Got it. Got it. This reminds me of, of, a, of a conversation. I don't. I don't think uh, he, he'll be afraid. Well, I'll, I'll be somewhat sensitive to what I what I share. But it reminds me of a topic with um, Monty Madsen, who's one of the founders of Safion, um, which was a, a company in the kind of the chronic venous insufficiency space. And when I was at Covidian, we we acquired this company. I remember him mentioning though, when, with a lot of their early stage clinical work, even though they it wasn't used for regulatory submission. They did it in a way where they wanted to use it, right, for, for correspondence with FDA. And what they performed that early stage clinical work so well and documented it so well that FDA actually, you know, signaled it was it was very positive, right, in front of FDA, even though it wasn't it was it wasn't pivotal data, right? But FDA always viewed it very positively because they documented it so well. They they executed it so well. And I just think that's a that's an important uh, reminder for anyone that's doing, you know, some of this early stage clinical work that even though you know, Craig, to your point, it's not going to be, it's not, it's not pivotal work. It's not going to be used in the application itself. That doesn't mean that you should just, you know, do it, do it sloppily, right? You know, make sure you, you, you dot your eyes, cross your T's, uh, do it in a well where if you did actually present it to FDA or it was part of, you know, correspondence, you know, it, it looks favorable, right? Because that, that's sort of a represent, representation of, you know, kind of you and your company and how you guys are going to execute. We will present it to the FDA. We'll also publish <laughs> it in journals and we'll submit it to conferences. It, it's, it's who we are, right? Right. I've raised money based off data, right? It, it's sure. important. Yep. Yep. Uh, good. Good stuff. Um, let's transition to to fundraising, right? I mean, this is this is something that's you know clearly in your wheelhouse. You've got a ton of experience, kind of across the uh, across the board. You know, whether it's you know in a consultancy type of capacity, or if it's you know investing yourself, or in this you know in the in the in the in the, in the case of, of NovaScan, you know raising raising rounds of capital. I think you wrapped up your Series B in late twenty one. You know, we're recording this, you know, about a year and a half later or so, mid mid 23. The environment is much different, right, for for fundraising. So talk to us a little bit about just how you're approaching kind of this process for for NovaScan and and really what are what are some of the key things that you know other founders and CEOs really need to get right during this process in order to be successful with their their fundraising uh you know activities? It is a very different environment than it was 18 months ago. Right. I think we just all have to accept that and then learn from that and move on. It's a challenge. I think that I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal that um, the last quarter of 2022 was the worst quarter for venture funds raising additional rounds, additional funds, um, in like 10 years. 
Hey there, it's Scott, and thanks for listening in so far. The rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for MedSider Premium members. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. You'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadeem Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. To learn more, head over to MedSiderRadio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's MedSiderRadio.com forward slash premium. 